0: Welcome, everybody, to the introduction of my new podcast, and the podcast is the History of the Rise and Fall of the Qing Dynasty, Cup of Solid Gold. When I started my research for this podcast, I did not know that prior to present-day China that there was a thing such as a national anthem during the Qing Dynasty or any other dynasty prior to that. Apparently, a lot of the people I spoke to, including many Chinese, weren't aware of that either. So I stumbled onto this. That's pretty cool. The name of the anthem was, or is, A Cup of Solid Gold. And the thing about it is it was never officially adopted. Until October 4th, 1911. The Qing government then made it, made it official, although they never made it public or never gave it an official debut. However, I understand the anthem had been played for centuries during the Qing dynasty. Another remarkable thing about the national anthem is that six days after it was officially adopted, on October 4th, 1911, as I said, the Xinhai Revolution began in Hebei Province, China. By the end of February 1912, about four months after the Anthem's adoption, the Qing dynasty was no more. The Qing emperor had abdicated and the dynasty was overthrown. Another real interesting fact about the Anthem is that until the 1970s, it was banned in China. The irony to all this to me is that why adopt an anthem so late in your regime? Did the Qing government, did the Qing emperor not know that things were going bad at that time? Because they were going bad for the Qing in October of 1911. So why the anthem then? Were they trying to bolster its tarnished image to make it look like it was a stronger government than what it really was? Was it to remind people of better times, hoping that that could be resurrected? Did they think that was going to happen? The people were going to be restored to their trust of the government and its legitimacy? I don't know nevertheless I certainly don't expect the country when things are not going well to adopt an anthem particularly as a feat as the Qing government was at that time so welcome to my podcast and as I said the name of this podcast is the rise and fall of the Qing dynasty cup of solid gold And I have several reasons for this podcast. One is, this is personal to me. I have been to the area of China associated with the Qing, that's the northeast part of China, seven times. I've seen firsthand with my own eyes a lot of the geographic areas I'm going to talk about. Secondly, I'm a passionate amateur historian. Maybe a historian is a stronger word than I need to use. I'm passionate about history and passionate about all things history, not just Chinese history, but everything to do with history. I love it. I also believe that this period of Chinese history, as well as what was going on in the world, is not well known by Westerners, nor the period, nor the time, nor the place. And I want to change that because I think there are important lessons to be learned, as there are with anything to do with history. A few caveats. Uh, I speak a little Mandarin. I am not conversant, but I know enough to realize I have to pronounce these Chinese names decently. My wife is native Chinese, and Mandarin is her native language. I will do my best to pronunciate and enunciate the Chinese names to the best I can, but please forgive me if it's not perfect. I will try to keep the Chinese names to a minimum, but naturally, because I'm talking about the Qing, I'm going to have to use lots of Chinese words. Second thing, a second caveat is that in many places in the world, particularly in China, they state personal names the opposite way Western countries, Western European and the United States pronounce names. Here in the United States, we pronounce names Your given name first, then your family name. In China, it's the opposite. It's the family name first, then the given name. So when I refer to a Chinese personal name, I'm going to be, and you can assume I'm using the Chinese convention for those names. Third caveat. I want to try to be consistent in my references to the emperors, as consistent as I possibly can, Uh, understand the emperors had at least three different names. They had their personal name that was given to them at birth, then they had their official name, and then they had posthumous names. I will try to use the emperor's personal name unless the official name is more common, and I will do my best to let everyone know when I'm using the personal name or if I'm using the official name. Uh, But I'll try to be consistent. I think this period of time, as I stated, is not well known by most Westerners. I think it's fascinating. I think it's a compelling period of time. It's a proud time of Chinese history, but it's also sad and tragic. The next episode is going to be number one, and we're going to talk about the end of the Ming Dynasty, which is the dynasty that immediately preceded the Qing. So with that, thank you very much.